I was on Google Earth looking at the Nile River because I wanted to know if I could figure out, see how we got there. First, I was looking at the Red Sea, trying to figure out how deep it was at the point when the Israelites walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. I wanted to know how tall the walls of water were. Just because I was imagining it, and I thought, am I imagining it way less impressively than it in fact was? Like, what if they crossed when it was hundreds of feet deep? Because there's parts when the Red sea, where the Red Sea is massively deep, but then there's other parts where it's not as deep. And I wanted to know if scholars, if, if the Old Testament scholars that study Exodus have any sense of where Goshen was, maybe where the line, of, where, where, where do they flee to? When did, where did they cross? So I'm looking on Google Earth and I'm researching online and I'm trying to figure out where it is. And the next thing you know, I couldn't solve that mystery, guys. I'm disappointed to tell you. I couldn't solve the mystery. I figured out that people do think it's maybe over here, but I still didn't get a sense of how deep it was. I don't know. But then I started looking at the Nile. The Nile, the source of Egypt's consistent wealth, right? There's a reason when the rest of the world goes into drought in in the Bible, they go back to Egypt because they have the Nile. And if you look on Google Earth or Google Maps right now at Egypt, from space, you can tell exactly where the Nile's basin is. It is the longest river on planet Earth. And I looked at every mile of it on Google Maps, or Google Earth first, and I just kept going, wow, this goes really far. I just kept scrolling and scroll. Oh my word, it's still going. And then I'd back off, you know, use the scroll bar and zoom back out. Oh my goodness, scroll back in and keep dragging. Oh my, now it's split into the, the blue Nile and the white Nile and it keeps going. Oh, now it's in a big lake again. So oh, it's still going. Well, I don't know. See, I never even I thought about that question. I never even thought about that question. That's pretty wild. So I tracked the Nile's entire length. And you'll notice something if you look at it, and you're probably going to look at it right now, right? Google Maps or Apple, you know? Your Bible map. Everywhere that river goes surrounding it is green. And, and then surrounding that green on both sides forever is dead. Nothing. Desert. Right? So the reason that the Israelites kept being tempted to go back to Egypt. Holy crap. You're with me? (laughs) You're with me, right? Dude, it even goes down in the Sudan and all that. When it's, when you're having a drought, the Nile's still there. That means, that means Egypt's got food when nobody else does. So think about this with me. The Israelites left slavery but security. To, to, to enter freedom, but now you gotta radically walk by faith because provision is no longer from below. The Nile, below. Now provision is from above. And so for 40 years they walked, they marched around in the wilderness and God fed them manna. I don't know what the story is on the manna stand, but I cannot stop thinking daily, and it comes up in most of my prayers daily, about the manna. And one of the main things that keeps coming up to me, the first thing that kept coming up to me is when I was praying over people at the house was, 
God doesn't put the manna in a bowl in front of you and then spoon feed you like a baby. He leaves it outside on the ground and you either go get it or you stay hungry. And every day you got to go get fresh manna. And, and he did this for 40 years to teach us that people don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So he, he fed us. So now we left slavery but security and our source was below and visible. We could see where it was going to come from. We could see evidence in the past that it was always there. It's when you know you have the money in the bank account, so you don't have to walk by faith because you know you have it in savings. And now we're going to leave all that behind and we're going to, we're going to go out to where the invisible God provides from above something that's never even been done before. And it disappears as soon as the sun comes out. And you just got to trust that tomorrow he's going to do the miracle again. I take care of every bit of you. Not just the forgiveness of sins in heaven when you die. I help you pay your bills and fix your cars and take good care of your kids. I'm helping you. I'm your real source. I'm thinking of First Corinthians, yeah, First Corinthians chapter two. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, mind hasn't conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit, because you've given us the mind of Christ so that we can actually hear your thoughts speaking to us in our thoughts. And I'm asking God for you to give us upgrades in our conversational relationship with you. I pray, God, that you release over each one of us the ability to talk with you and then hear from you in response and I pray, God, for, this, for us to grow in the skill of leading other people in listening prayer. It might seem simple to you, but it doesn't seem simple to everyone. And something that seems impossible to you right now might be really easy for someone else who's been doing it 50 years. So we're asking Jesus that you teach us how to get really good at listening and hearing and, and, and teach us how to invite others to say to them when they are unloading all their problems on us, teach us, God, how to say, have you talked to God about that yet? Instead of just saying what I would tempted to, pray, to say, which is, well, let me pray for you real quick. Have you talked to God about that yet? And if they say, no, well, do it. I'll wait. <laughs> and then if they say, yes, I have, then you say, what did he say? And then if they say, he said to do this, then you say, did you do it yet? <laughs> I'm praying that in Jesus' name, God, that, that you would teach us how to make relationship with you just constant and, and daily and pulling people into relationship with you, not just talk about you, relating to you. Make it what we do, and help us teach people how. That's right, God. We trust you. We trust you with our finances. We don't trust the Nile. We trust you. We trust you to provide food for our spirit. We trust you to provide food for our families. You've taught Paul the secret, he said, of being content when he didn't have much and how to be content when he had plenty. And he said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so God... We would really like to learn 
how to trust you in all things. You've got, you've got us. You're going to provide for us. You're going to take care of us. We trust you. We ask that you'd bless this congregation financially. And when I say the congregation, I don't just mean our church budget. I mean what Carolyn said. The people of this family provide God for the people of this church family everything they need. Everything they need. Especially grateful hearts, God. Grateful hearts. Grateful hearts. I'm going to leave like a 30 seconds or so for you just to tell him what it is that you're entrusting to him. Amen.